Welcome everybody to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host. And today we are covering the final several episodes. We left off at episode 8 last time, so we're covering episode 9 through 13 mm-hmm. of season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. And... Yeah, good riddance. Uh, that's all That's all for the show, alright? We'll see you next time. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, it's... To be honest, we were talking about this off air. It honestly was not that bad. No. But I have recently continued watching, picked up where I left off, the Orville. Mm-hmm. And man, I I don't know if we'll cover Orville. Uh, you explain this to me before. Yeah, I don't know if we'll cover Orville during the show, but it it really is just a way better Star Trek show than Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> it is. I mean, like I don't I know how to nothing. say it. it. Really is like it's. I say nothing. I, you know, we were sitting there and like you know we only watched like two or three episodes. Me and my wife. And I was telling her, I'm like, man, I forgot how good, like, the show is. It, it's, it's very, like, it, it makes you question ethics. Like, it truly does. And some episodes are obviously a little bit better at it than others. Some episodes mm-hmm. are like, okay, you presented two viewpoints, but very clearly you wanted me to prefer this Think one. that one, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and that's going to happen, whatever. But this one was very well done. Like oh, these yeah. three episodes that we did, that we watched, I was like, they were Man. they were a tier ahead of what we've been watching, right? And because Star Trek Discovery doesn't really make you question really the ethics behind any of the stuff that these characters do, right? Uh, there's some social commentary here and there, which is nice to see if it's done well, but but it's kind of like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I mean, I guess well, let's just judge it for what it is. You know, <laughs> you know, they weren't trying. I guess the writers for this weren't trying to do a social ethics dilemma every episode. OK, fine. And they want to do a more overarching story with plot and characters as the actual focus. OK, um, right off the bat, I still do not like Ash Tyler and Burnham's. Like relationship, like there's nothing there. It, it has to be one no, of the No, that most... guy's a full... He's a full Klingon, human Klingon. Yeah, and it's like, it's not even like it's believable. It seems very, very forced. Um, yes, that's the one thing I think is that what turns me off is it seems like they're forcing it. They're not like just kind of letting it happen, like portraying it as letting it happen kind of naturally they are kind of forcing yes and i think do you remember um back in the 2000s when it felt like every single movie that came out had had to have romance between the two main cast yeah every single movie it's just like without fail you uh, you start watching the movie and then you see um two characters and it's just like you could 
the audience you just automatically knew, yeah, they're gonna get end up being together by the end of the movie. It was yep, just, they're gonna make love. Gonna, Game yeah, over. It was gonna happen. And I feel like the show wasn't content with just having one or two couples here and there. They just really needed like every push character it. just has to be involved with somebody. Um and yeah, I don't so I don't like their thing much. Okay, I will say the Red Angel, the look of the Red Angel, that wings, where it's also like the wings are not connected to each other, right? The individual like feathers, basically. Right. It's so cool. Yeah, that looks I pretty dope. I have always loved that wing design. But, God, it, that, yeah. I, I And then also just the, the, the brilliant red light that... Be, would shine behind her looks really cool um yeah during yeah i i agree with that that was a uh, visually pleasing yeah <laughs> what what did you think of like their send-off like their so the way that they're uh and you know because they sent the discovery crew into the future and then spock pike and his crew stays in the uh, present day. Present day. So what do you yeah. think of that? It was just okay. I mean, it it was a little weird, but it it was just okay. It wasn't anything that I have to point out. I just don't. I don't like when it comes to time. Movies try to portray time. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and discuss that too. I'm. I agree with you. As soon as you throw in the time travel, it loses it for it, me. Yeah, because then you start getting potholes out the wazoo. Um, as I just didn't care enough to scrutinize closely. Um, but if I did, I can guarantee you I'm going to find a plot hole. And this, uh, for what it's worth, plot holes for time travel are always going to be there. It's just how, and we discussed this before, it's just how much, you know, like how you, how much can you handle? Yeah, how much can you handle, and how deeply do we need to dig before we find the plot hole? If we need to dig hard, then it's like okay. As far as time travel goes, this is pretty sick. Um, which, by the way, I think I think I'm gonna have to have you watch Dark because that show is what is it called? Dark. It, it, that show is so good. Three seasons, done and done. Finish the show. Um, very good. German subbed. Uh, German subbed. Oh, yeah. that'd be different. Oh, it's so good. It's. I'm not joking. It is hands down the greatest portrayal of time travel I have seen in anything. Really? Yes. And it's. And I'm gonna go out on an extra limb and say it's not even close. Comparable wise. Yeah, I have not seen. I, I, there's another show called Army of the Tw- or Twelve Monkeys. Is the name of the show? Army of the Twelve time. Monkeys. Yeah, because the, there's a group in there called the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. And that show is very good time travel, too. But Dark, on another... It, it's in a league of its own. That's kind of cool, though. I mean, it, it seems cool. <laughs> oh, it, it's... Yeah. I mean, I can't... Uh, Praise it enough, you know? Yeah, it, it's seriously so well done. Um... And they made another series. This this is the writers of Dark. They made a series called 1899 and apparently got okay. canceled after... Uh, canceled. 
Yeah, after one season, because it's Netflix. And... Was it racist or something? No, it's just um, the way that Netflix decides on cancellations is uh, um, how many people start the show and how many people finish the show within a 30-day period. And actually, I didn't know that. Yes, and that's how they determine retention factor. Now, I understand oh. that's, that's a decent way of calculating that. However... 30 days is not long enough. And I think it may have actually been shorter than 30 days. And I recently read an article in the last couple of months that they actually increased that that uh, period. 30, 30 days seems short. I mean, pay yeah. periods aren't even 30, 30 days. Your pay period is 60 days, 90 days. Yeah. So Bigger. 30 days was not long enough or however much it was. Regardless, they definitely increased it. But the show's already canceled by then. Canceled. And, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it, I still want to watch the show because I heard it's really good, but at the same time, the pain that I will feel <laughs> after. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I, we need to get back to Star Trek. I don't know why we got it. this. Okay. This just shows you how little I actually care for the show. Which I'm sucks playing. because like, Obviously, we skipped a week, and then we watched the rest of the, the season, and now we're talking and about the season in full. Yeah, and it, it feels like there's a lot that happened, but at the same time, not a whole lot of significance that happened. I thought it was cool. Like, the final battle was sick. Um, The whole control, right? The AI taking over concept. I've always been a big fan of that. And so, control, you know, was it Section 31? Mm-hmm. Right, I I think that's really cool too. You know, having a shadow, almost like a CIA type uh, um, group within the federation. Right. I and you know, I think you know we can go into the ethics of that. Like it's very necessary, right? The intelligence agencies. Uh, right. You know, maybe you know some people say, "Well, back in the day," it's like, yeah, well, back in the day, you didn't have a lot of these other things either to worry about. So, right. intelligence agencies, I will concede. Despite my beliefs that they are necessary, but I just, you know, they're they're a slippery slope. They are hundred percent a slippery slope, and you we see that here. Section thirty one really overstepped its boundaries, and not to mention you throw in a rogue AI into the mix, and game over. <laughs> bada bing, bada rogue bada. AI. Yeah, <laughs> but that you sounds know, terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. It it was the battle was cool. I also thought it was kind of stupid that they had like you know a thousand ships mounted on the wings of those bigger ships. I'm bigger like bigger ships. Eh, I don't know. There was no teasing. I don't. I don't like when there's no teasing of something, and then it just got unveiled. Like if you reference back to Legend of Korra, where one second you know Kavira's marching towards Republic City, and then, oh, wait, no, she's actually here, and by the way, she has a Megazord. <coughs> it was not, yeah. By the way, she has a Megazord. Yeah. Uh, I like that accent. Um, but, yeah, I don't... I wasn't copying you. It was no, no, more, no, like, no. A, more no. like a making fun of the Megazord. You're good. But, yeah, so I don't like when you don't tease something, and then the big bad kind of just comes out with just a super weapon, right? Like, for example, uh, 
Return of the Jedi, right? Star Wars Return of the Jedi. They're attacking the quote-unquote disabled Death Star before it becomes operational. Well, it turns out the Emperor tricked them, and he the entire time he intentionally leaked the information that it was not operational to bait them in. That's cool. I love that. That that, that seems plausible. It set up earlier and whatnot. Um, and then kind of turn around with this when it's like we've never seen anything like this before. There's no schematics. And in it the just background. came out. It just kind of came out. It's just like, you know, oh, we have 200 shifts to your like 30. He's a counter gun, which, by the way, that scene was cool. And it led to a really cool fight. We shouldn't take but, that away from it. Yeah. Um, I will also say how much pounding can these ships take before they're supposed to just blow up? Because yeah, the whole energy shield thing, I just yeah, like the shield part is cool, but it's very clear that these things, like their torpedoes or photons or whatever, are getting past the shields eventually, or their shields are broken, and they're getting they're taking damage directly to the hull, and they're they're just like getting knocked around, but nothing's really happening. And this is the thing I love about the Expanse. Surprise, surprise! I bring up the Expanse again. The Expanse is very real about that because it doesn't actually take much to rip these ships apart in space. Right. Um, so, yeah, because, you know, if you have a hull breach, now that part of the thing is sectioned off because this is one of the things I really love about the Expanse is that they depressurize. They, you know, they get rid of all the oxygen inside the, the ship before a fight. Right. And then they're wearing suits the entire time. So that way, you know, when our bullets pierce their hole, you know, they still can breathe through because the oxygen would get sucked out of the, the ship. You get, you guys are getting what I'm saying? I hope you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I follow But it, the way the expanse to it almost seems scientifically correct. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, it, it, and for the most part, to my understanding, it is. That's probably something you'd have to do to operating the ship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, when, and they did a lot of research, I think, both the, I, I think it was more so. So, James S.A. Corey, author of The Expanse, had, there were two authors, David, Daniel Abraham, and then I forget the other guy. The other guy, to my understanding, he did a lot of the scientific research. Which is really neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. I feel like a decent chunk of the appreciation for my of that show that I have comes from how much research went into it. Which uh, normally I don't care about stuff like that, but that was really cool. I agree. Um, regardless, um, I as far as her jumping forward in time, I think that's actually kind of cool if you think in the framework of the show moving forward, right? So Star Trek Discovery Season 3 will th- will be them in the future, Burnham right. and her people. And then Strange New Worlds, which is the show we'll be picking up after we do Wheel of Time, um, is uh, going to be Commander Pike, Cap- no, Captain Pike, Spock, and then his crew. So it's gonna, we're going to be picking... So it's, it's an interesting... I was wondering, like, how are we going to be branching this off? Are we going to go... Ships go their separate ways, and every now and then we kind of intertwine? Right. No, this seems like a hard cutoff to like Discovery can never go back because it's carrying the time crystal that control should not be allowed to ever control. Um, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're so, saying. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I think the main thing that's gonna really... did that really bothers me is the fact that it seems like after the second season, where do you go from here? Um, you know what I mean? Because they have more than more, more than two, right? Yeah, you're talking about for a discovery. Yeah, I was actually thinking about the exact same thing, right? So for if she's in the future where her mother was, right? She was saying that basically there was nothing left. Isn't that right? right? She basically right. insinuated like everything was destroyed. The Federation was like you know done. There's nothing left. Right. So like, and I mean, I guess you could just fly around and just explore the galaxy, and then. You know, you got enough because they live in a post-scarce world, so they can just keep making food, and then you have unlimited fuel, I guess. So you can just live out the rest of your days. But I mean, unlimited food and unlimited air usually works out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as like survival, they'll definitely survive. But man, I hope none of them ever get sick of each other. Yeah, which uh, getting sick of each other is very likely. <laughs> Very likely. Yeah. I mean, okay, so hope that none of them ever get married and then get divorced because, dude, the ship is oh, not God. for that. Could you imagine? Dude, Could you imagine that sounds awful. You can never interact with anyone ever again and you just get with somebody and divorce. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then be stuck on the same At that point, just ship. space both of them. <laughs> Yeah, I just... <laughs> at that point, just start freaking spacing people. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I mean, that was. I mean, that's how you'd have to do it. You'd be like, all right, we're sick of you. You're getting spaced. But I mean, that's how it would be. You'd eventually go crazy. Yeah. No. There's no way. Yeah. But I mean, I guess they're in the future, right? Yeah. So they're eventually going to run into a team. Run into what? Sorry. Somebody? I mean, to my understanding, everything is destroyed. Like, I mean, and the universe is big. So I'm sure they'll run into some species. And then Probably not going to be friendly. Them up to speed. Oh, man. Could you imagine going to these other species and be like, we're your gods now? Yeah, that, that seems like it might not end the best. Oh, okay, okay. Another critique I have for this show, and it, it bothers me because the visuals, just, it gets in the way all the time. The lens flare. Holy God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That needs yeah. to stop. Um, yeah, why AJ, did they? Why was that so bad? I feel like it got worse throughout the season, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it wasn't as bad, and they just kept getting worse. Um, but they I, didn't do anything to stop it. They just kind of, yeah, yeah, that's there. I, I imagine it. there's, like, some editor who, like, doing all the um, editing for the show, just kept adding more and more lens flare, and was like, I wonder <laughs> if anyone's going to pick up on this. I think anybody cares. Yeah. But, um... I am ashamed to say I used to be a fan of Lens Flare when I was younger, but now I'm just like, dude, I, it, it was a fan very of distracting. It. Yeah, I used to be a fan of it. I thought it was like a cool, like artsy addition, and now I'm, just like, butt. Now, I'm, now I'm an old man, I guess. Box. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can get that. I get that, though. I mean, you got to think, like, at some point, they're going to have to... F- I mean, maybe the next season they fixed it, mm-hmm. but at some point, like, 
before they released these episodes, somebody had to have been like, hey, uh, guys, uh, we should probably do something about this, not just let this go, but it seems like nobody said that. So, got the product that we got. Yeah. But uh, to speak on something nice about this show, I liked, I liked the show as a background show. Like, just yeah. put it on. Yeah. Instead of, like, your normal office or so, whatever, you just put it on. Yeah, I, I think I can agree with that. It has, you know, it has decent thing, moments here and there. Um, fleeting moments. Yeah, fleeting moments. I also didn't like Burnham. Sucked. Yeah, she she was not a great character. I liked Tilly. Um, I like the freaking scientist that uh, absorbed all the... <laughs> The Particles. Yeah, I like that guy. That was my favorite yeah, character. Um, That's honestly, his name. Honestly, season two, Captain Pike, I loved him. He was awesome. He just brought, I felt like, he he felt like a real character. Not just like a mm-hmm. rigid, one-dimensional. He felt like, you know, he had his moments when he was just, you know, snarky. And then, you know, you could tell he had like a serious past or relationships with people and him and Spock had great respect for each other. So I, I liked um him a lot. Spock I'm gonna need a little bit more time on, I think. Well, he is a favorite character throughout the whole Yeah, I know he is, and I I think he can it's one. Of, he's one of those characters. His style of character is one of those that you can be either very, it's a love or hate, and it's a very fine line to hit a character like Spock, right? Like you know the arrogant know it all, right? Well, I mean, like, that you is watch, you watch, that is the um, Vulcans. Yeah, that's true. You ever watch um, Big Bang Theory? Dude, I love the Big Bang Theory. I kind of remind you of Sheldon. Yeah, and okay, so see uh, the, I I don't know about you, but I only like Big Bang Theory on the f- earlier seasons. After a while, it just kind of got repetitive. Yeah. But Big Bang Theory, um, Sheldon also was like kind of funny, and then eventually got to the point where it's like, sorry, you're being I, a douche. I kind of just rolled my eyes every time he was on screen. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I and I get it. Comedic um, shows like that, they're you know hyperbolic characters and whatnot so they're greatly exaggerated so i get it but it was still just kind of frustrating um but i mean other than that um i would have to say i I think i know kind of what you where you're gonna go the show was just okay yeah one of those just okays that's kind of how i have to that's the best way I can describe it. You're right. It's just okay. Like it had decent moments. Um and that was about it. Yep. Yeah, like, we kind of looked for the moments and then now it's like yeah. Yeah. And I know it is also we're also at that point now with shows where Again, we're putting so much time into these. We can't be sitting around and watching shows that are just they just don't stack up, you know, because there's a lot of good shows out there, a lot of good shows. And speaking of shows that we could waste our time on, let's go on and talk about the next show we're going to be watching that hopefully we're not wasting our time on. 
Um, season one was not that great, especially from a book reader's perspective. Uh, but hopefully season two turns it around. Wheel of time. <laughs> yeah, and you just gave me like, what, 50 out of the 100 books? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I didn't even I gave, undertook I that Jordan one. a lot of the books, and he was flabbergasted with how big and how many there are. And they weren't even all of them. And what's funny is I don't even have the first one, so he actually has to go out and find the first one. Um, oh, yeah. It's called uh, Z Library. Z Library, yep. Yeah. Um, but anyways, next time we'll be covering... Let's just do the first three episodes. The Wheel? Of The Wheel. The, the wheel. wheel. Just call it The we'll Wheel. Be, we'll watch a, the first three episodes of The Wheel of Fortune. Uh, season two. Uh, I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I have not been following along with the reception of season two, and to and kind of on purpose because season one got bad reception, rightfully so. And I know a lot of people. They kind of. Can you remind me why it did? It just okay. Well, COVID really messed with a lot of the filming. Um. So straight up, right off the bat, I'll tell you one of the main characters, one of the main cast, um, Matt, is replaced actor-wise because something happened. I, I don't I don't know I don't think he was canceled. I just I, I think he had some mental issues. He oh God! Stick around. Yeah, I think he had like a breakdown or something like that. I and I'm literally just spitballing here, so please don't take this for gospel. Um, so they replaced him. <laughs> um, there's a lot of scenes that were just like really poorly written, like. And then there was a lot of setups, like implications, and I, I, I had to tiptoe around explorers, right? Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that characters did that imply severe changes in the world itself. So it's not from just the books, like, yeah, from the books. So it's not like you know they change individual characters, but when uh, in, when one character does something that they should not be able to do, it g- drastically drastically changes um like universe yeah it it, well, it, it, it changes the, okay, so the best way i can it, uh, explain this is it changes the power system right it's like if you're reading uh-huh. mistborn and then you suddenly give um book from book one the ability of like a mistborn oh i wish he had it's it. like ooh, okay well you completely just the whole universe. Now you need to rewrite a lot of the story because if he has more powers than he's supposed to have, that allows the characters to be a gives them more options, right? Right. But no, he he was just a ten eye, which I liked that they did yeah, that and kept it yeah. that way. So it's one of those, it's one of those situations where if you suddenly do that, you really open the floodgates. Um, but everything and, else, and there's fourteen books here, so there's a lot of stuff when you set this up. Now you have to drastically change around a lot of things later because, again, there's 14 books. This is an epic fantasy. This is not a Mistborn level, right? Mistborn is not an epic fantasy. Stormlight is. So when you have an epic fantasy, you have a lot. Like, this is changing the power system, essentially. Right. You have a lot to maintain. Yeah. And and the thing is, is then you open yourself up to a lot more um, plot holes in the future because you end up tripping up yourself so we'll see we'll see how it goes um let's see if they can 
redeem themselves a bit. But yeah, regardless, <laughs> we'll cover the next three, uh, season two, episodes one through three. Um, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.